We live in a constantly shifting world where faithfulness and loyalty, well, it changes on a dime with or without compelling facts or reasons for that change. Today's short-term, easy-out backdoor finds many businesses scrambling to make what they sell sticky so customers can keep coming back for more. While hype and manipulation and deception make it easy to do whatever it takes to connect with customers, there is a better way. Join me as we discuss five ways to let unchanging, reliable faithfulness permeate your business and marketing communications. Do you feel like you compromise your values when you write marketing copy? Does creating ethical communication strategies perplex you? Imagine the business opportunities that would open up when you take a stand to market without manipulation. Now is the time. Disrupt your marketplace by using God-inspired marketing strategies to connect with your customers. Hear how other Christ followers in business are exchanging today's hype for authentic alignment. The Joyful Communications Podcast dives into ways to communicate effectively with integrity. Here's your host, Chief Communication Strategist, Joy Caps. Wouldn't it be great if your business communications could change wavering loyalty into reliable faithfulness? While you cannot control the behavior of customers, prospects, employees, or colleagues, there are some things that you can do to model faithfulness. In today's episode, we'll examine the true meaning of faithfulness, examples of loyalty marketing, what God's Word says about faithfulness, and five ways that you can use faithfulness in your business and marketing communications. So what is the true meaning of faithfulness? You know, faithfulness is defined as a steadfast affection or allegiance to something or someone. But upon closer examination, we see that it doesn't mean what it used to back when the word originated. You know, many moons ago, back in the early 14th century, the concept of being faithful meant being sincerely religious, devout, or pious. And around that same time, it also meant being loyal, true, honest, and trustworthy. In the mid-14th century, being unfaithful meant acting falsely, unbelieving, or irreligious. Now, around that same time, loyalty, which is a synonym for faithfulness, showed up as a matter of both principle and sentiment, conduct and feeling that implied both enthusiasm and devotion. But the form of faithfulness and loyalty from the 14th century is very different than the faithfulness and loyalty exhibited in today's society. Wikipedia put it this way, faithfulness means unfailing, remaining loyalty to someone or something and putting that loyalty into consistent practice, regardless of extenuating circumstances. But let's face it today, faithfulness and loyalty. Well, that can be based on fleeting, shifting winds and moods. In fact, 
faithfulness and loyalty appears to change based on any squirrel or shiny object syndrome that catches someone's eye. Someone said that loyalty is typically based on feelings, while faithfulness is based on principles. You know, if that is the case, wouldn't you much rather have customers buy from you based on their alignment or affinity for your principles than buying from you based on their emotions? When buying is based on emotions, it's fickle. It changes with the breeze, moments in time, and as people react to situations and circumstances. But when people buy from you based on their principles and yours, They are grounded and invested in what your business values and the moral compass that your business follows. Case in point, if a company or brand that you've been loyal to caters to your whims and fancies, when they do something that makes you feel appreciated, you'll probably consider using them as a loyal customer over time. But The minute that they do something that doesn't sit right with you, whoa, beware, because if you have another choice, well, like everybody else, you may go off in another direction without much thought. In fact, the brand you've been with may not have done anything wrong at all, but since today's common practice of change and lack of stick-to-itiveness that embraces doing what feels good to you, may find you abandoning ship with no reason. Why are these changes so easy? Well, I think it's because your loyalty to a brand, business, or relationship is based on feelings. I call that fly-by-night loyalty because loyalty, well, it, it changes on a dime. We see that demonstrated with restaurants, retailers, grocery stores, politics, news outlets, even friendships and sadly, some marriages. But faithfulness as a principle involves a commitment to values, relationships, and responsibilities, such as personal goals, professional associations, team sports, religious faith, some friendships, and some marriages that are built on similar principles and values. I think it's clear to see that the concept of faithfulness has evolved and differs in several ways today compared to how it was understood centuries ago. These differences are clearly influenced by societal, cultural, technological, and philosophical changes over time. But just because the concept is interpreted differently today, does that mean that the definition of faithfulness is different too? I say nay-nay. At its core, genuine faithfulness is bound to truth and unchangeable. Authentic faithfulness is reliable, constant, and firm. Similar to those who are fortunate enough to be in relationships where we know that we can count on someone to have our back and be there for us no matter what, faithfulness means you can count on that person or that business, right? (laughs) One comical online meme that I've seen frequently, perhaps you too, it shows faithfulness with this kind of sideways saying. It says, best friends help you bury the body and don't ask why is there a body. Okay, I know that's a bit off color, but it certainly illustrates the meaning of being faithful 
It's unquestioning and unwavering no matter what. You know, I share a personal example of what faithfulness is in chapter 11 of my book, Joyful Copy, as I talk about my passion hobby of scuba diving. And with scuba diving, there's a need for critical aspects of the sport to be very reliable from my dive gear to my consistent dive buddies. Since playing underwater tourists can turn into a life or death situation quickly, I need to know that I can unquestionably count on those things and those people when I explore the depths of the ocean, especially those people to have my best interest at heart. Thankfully, I know that I have that in my husband, Robert, and my dear friend, Sandy, and I dive with them all the time. And and thankful again that there's a handful of other faithful dive friends that have come into my line of sight along the way. If you're listening, you know who you are. But tying this back to business, today's quest finds most business leaders looking for ways to make their businesses sticky and ways to manufacture loyal customers. If you've been trying to do that, you know it's easier said than done. But there are indeed ways to do that effectively, which is going to take us to our second point, where we look at real-world examples of loyalty marketing. While I'd love to tell you that I found a whole bunch of marketing campaigns that demonstrate faithfulness marketing, I really didn't see it called that. What I saw out there in the marketplace was a a big movement for something called loyalty marketing. Now, loyalty marketing today has turned into a really big industry, and, and it's really a focus around loyalty programs. And what I find fascinating is that loyalty programs can be traced back to the early 1700s when American retailers gave customers copper tokens with purchases that could later be redeemed for future purchases. Moving forward a little bit, in the 1800s, green stamps, also known as green shields, entered the scene. Now, while I was born a a little bit later than the 1800s, I was born in 1965, I still remember sitting around the kitchen table with my mom, pasting our collection of green stamps into booklets that could be exchanged for products. They even had green stamp exchange stores and catalogs with pictures of the merchandise. It was a lot of fun, and it involved the whole family. Perhaps some of you remember that too. Fast forward to today, as we look at loyalty programs and how they've evolved, we see them everywhere from points programs that exist. I mean, think Marriott Bonvoy benefits that travelers can redeem for free hotel stays and more to tier programs. I'm thinking, you know, DSW, they sell shoes. And once you unlock a level of spending, you get to access Um, more benefits and more perks to paid loyalty programs. I'm thinking about Amazon Prime, which I have a membership and they offer free shopping, free movies, free music, and even more because, well, you're a member of their club. 
to loyalty programs like gamification programs. I'm thinking about Starbucks here, which I'm not a member of that, but I do know that they give customers opportunities to earn extra points by using their app and redeeming those points for select merchandise. To cashback programs, you know, I'm thinking like Bank of America, which rewards customers with cash back when they spend money in specific categories using the Bank of America debit or credit card at select retailers. Each and every loyalty program today offers incentives to encourage customers to take advantage of offers, perks, and deals, all designed to tap into customers' wants, needs, and emotions while keeping them coming back for more. You know, the various programs today have become quite complex and detailed. Why? Because finding customers, well, that can get really expensive. Forrester research shows that it can cost up to five times as much to acquire a new customer as it can to retain an existing one. Said another way, the probability of selling to an existing customer is about 60 to 70%, but selling to a new customer, well, that's only about 5 to 20%. With statistics like these, it's no wonder that more than 90% of companies today have some form of loyalty program. Forbes magazine reported that loyalty programs, when done right, have the potential to engage with customers. Think things like member-only events and birthday perks to building that loyalty that they so desire. You know, an example happened to me personally over the years, a product that I subscribe to, it's called LMNT. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not a word, it's an acronym. And it's a ketogenic electrolyte supplement. And every single time when I least expect it, I open up my mail and they send me things like company swag, mugs and t-shirts. And on occasion, like they did just last week, they send me surprise boxes of the product to show me love. Taking it a step further, the same company, when I got a flavor that I really didn't like, well, I reached out to them and they told me to keep it and give it away to someone. And then they took it a step further by sending me the flavor I preferred free of charge. Talk about creating a loyal customer in me. Talk about making me faithful to their brand. Now, That's just another example of loyalty-based programs, and and they come in a variety of flavors, shapes, and sizes, and they're all designed to create customer faithfulness using marketing tools and techniques. In addition to the many programs and campaigns, it's fascinating to see the volumes of market research firms who have built their analyst businesses around studying the human psyche to see what works and needs to be emphasized to ensure that customer loyalty. Seriously, from big names that you probably heard of like Forrester or Gartner or PricewaterhouseCooper to countless boutique analyst firms, they all focus on pulling together data points for building the best customer loyalty programs. Know this. Depending on the size of the company that you lead or interact with, most loyalty programs and campaigns are extremely strategic, analytical, and calculated. Now, is there anything wrong with that approach? No, 
Not if the loyalty campaigns and programs are executed authentically, ethically, and faithfully. But just like the shift in the definition of faithfulness that we discussed in the first part of this episode, faithfulness in today's business world and marketing campaigns, well, it's constantly changing and shifting based on that data, based on moods, based on trends and a laundry list of variables, which that approach is a very different approach to the faithfulness that we see described in the ultimate how-to guide, also known as God's word. So with that in mind, let's take a moment to unpack faithfulness from God's perspective, and then we'll dive into ways that you can practice godly faithfulness in your business communications. So what does the ultimate how-to guide say about faithfulness? Well, one of my favorite praise and worship songs came to mind from 1999. It's by a band called Sonic Flood. And the title of the song is called Holiness. And one of the verses goes something like this. Faithfulness, faithfulness is what I long for. Faithfulness is what I need. Faithfulness is what you want from me. You know, that stanza of their song describes faithfulness as something that we long for and need. Why? Because we were made that way. You see, since we are all created in God's image, it shouldn't surprise you or me that faithfulness is, guess what? Another attribute of God. In fact, faithfulness describes who he is. Faithfulness is an accurate description of the creator of the universe. It describes his trustworthiness, how he's reliable and dependable. God is always true to himself and to his words. In fact, take it a step further and realize this. Abba Father is incapable of being unfaithful. Which begs the question, if we are made in his image, why are we as humans prone to being unfaithful? If you think about it, the answer is really easy. It all goes back to the tree of knowledge and when sin entered the world. From that moment forth, all the pure attributes of God that humans possessed were intermingled with negative characteristics, and that changed the original design. Now, we could spend some time there, but let's keep going. What else does God's word say about faithfulness? A study of what the Bible says found lots of descriptions, lots of promises, and lots of stories of God being faithful. So let's look at some stories. I mean, what about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that's found in Daniel? Now, a quick recap is this is a time when the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, was wanting everyone to bow down and worship him. But there were three teens that loved the Lord and they refused, and their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And because they refused to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar, they were thrown into a fiery furnace. Even though they knew that they faced a painful death, they remained committed to their trust in the Lord. And the best part of this story is that God was faithful to rescue them. It's an amazing story that you can read in Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 to 30, and you'll see the incredible story of God's faithfulness up close. 
Now, here's another way that God demonstrated his faithfulness. It's the story of Noah. Remember Noah? Well, that happened back in Genesis chapter six and eight, this particular part where God told him to build an ark and collect two of every kind of animal because he was going to flood the earth. Now, here's the thing that's really interesting to me. God did, um, not God, I'm sorry. Noah did what he was told to do at the cost of being mocked by everyone because it had not rained in years. And true to what God said he would do, he caused the earth to flood. But here's the rub. It took between 100 to 120 years for Noah to complete building the ark. He was mocked and ridiculed that whole time. But he stayed faithful because he knew God would be faithful and fulfill that promise. Talk about loyalty and trust and faithfulness all wrapped up together. You know, another familiar story that shows God's faithfulness is in the life of Abraham. Back in Genesis um, chapters 15 to 22, we can see how God promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations with his wife, Sarah. Yet they went on for a really long time without having any children. Now, this promise was made to Abraham when he was 75 years old. But it wasn't until 25 years later, which would have made him 100, when Sarah gave birth to Isaac, which was completely a miracle because of their ages. Now, that aspect of the story is just one of the many ways that God demonstrated his faithfulness to Abraham. Here's what I know. The Bible is filled with story after story of God demonstrating his faithfulness to his children including the best story of all when he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be born of a Virgin Mary and live on this earth, die on the cross for our sins and be raised from the dead three days later. Now that story is foretold through the history of the Bible for thousands of years and comes to life in the four gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I encourage you to read all of them if you have not. While the stories and promises in the Bible demonstrate faithfulness well, it's important to understand that without faith in God, in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, there is no such thing as faithfulness. To experience God's faithfulness, you have to have faith in God. And faith involves relying, consistently relying, on the faithful one who is God. When you have faith in God, you'll experience his faithfulness, his loyalty, his trustworthiness, his steadfast love, his patience, and his commitment. While God's faithfulness is consistent, we humans have to constantly be working at showing, using, and exercising those same characteristics. And here's the challenge. We're not called to display those characteristics in a vacuum, only in certain aspects of our life or only at church on Sundays. We're called to show those characteristics of faithfulness in every single aspect of our life and business. Did you hear that? Of our life and our business. If that's the case, that means we have to ask him to help us weave reliable, godly faithfulness into every aspect of our business, and even our marketing communications. Which leads us to ask, well, how do we do that? 
how can we use godly faithfulness in our business and marketing communications? You know, simply said, godly faithfulness, it's a leadership characteristic that many, many people talk about, but very few perfect, including myself. Since no one is perfect, the best that we can do as Christian business leaders is to be intentional, to show reliable faithfulness in everything. Christensen, who was considered one of the most prolific authors in the early Christian church, said this, faithfulness in little things is a big thing. Now, while he said that back in the fifth century, it describes how we as Christian business leaders can demonstrate faithfulness today. With that in mind, let's look at five ways that you and I both can show godly faithfulness in your marketing, in your business, and in your communications. The first one is keep your promises. Here's an example. If you say that XYZ product is on sale for a specific period of time, make sure that you stick to that time period. For example, changing that countdown timer to make more sales is not keeping your promise for grabbing that deal by a specific time period. Now, let's get very detailed here. If someone is on your webpage and your countdown timer says that a certain price is only good for, oh, I don't know, the next 15 minutes or the next 24 hours or XYZ date, by golly, it better be just that exact time. In other words, the potential customer should not be able to come back after that time period has passed and see that same offer pop up. Keeping your promises means delivering on your brand promises where you've set expectations of what customers can expect from your brand on all touch points. Remember, breaking your brand promise can impact your revenue and your reputation. And breaking your promises does not show godly faithfulness. Okay, here's the second way that you can do this in your business and marketing communications. Always love your employees and your customers. Yeah, not occasionally, always. Even when it's difficult, we should care for them, even when they're being ungracious or unkind. Easier said than done sometimes, I get that. But this type of um, call to action for us includes thinking well of that pain in the derriere customer or employee by offering them godly counsel. Now you're not going to call it godly counsel probably, but you can build them up when they're being challenging or when they're feeling weak. And the good news is, is you don't have to do that on your own. You get your strength from the Lord to do this. Look up Isaiah 40 verse 29. In marketing communications, you can show love in several ways through encouraging, thoughtful, kind copy that builds people up instead of tearing them down. By giving away genuine discounts, valuable insights, or gifts with or without purchase. By personalizing your content. So, you know, it makes those that are reading it feel like you're talking directly to them and not writing to the masses. The key is to be heartfelt, sincere, and consistent with your actions and words, which will make your godly faithfulness shine through brightly. Speaking of which, 
Here's the third point. Be consistent and reliable in all things. Now, I know I just said that for the previous tip, but being consistent and reliable is a godly faithfulness strategy. Let your customers know that they can count on you to follow through. For example, if you've scheduled a meeting, don't show up late. If you're one of those people that has a hard time showing up on time, do what my husband did when he was in the military. He learned to set all of his clocks ahead so he would get there before everyone else. And sure, he was a little bit early, but he knew that he was going to be there on time. So maybe you need to do the same. Another way to be consistent and reliable, well, don't keep changing your pricing. Be consistent. Be responsive and help customers promptly. I mean, don't make them wait for no apparent reason just because you can. Now, this technique, it also applies in your marketing. Now, the number one thing you've heard me say time and time again for your marketing projects is invite the Lord into whatever you're doing, whatever you're marketing first and throughout the process of your planning, your creating and your doing. Ask for his guidance and insights on how you show up consistently on every project. Ensure that the message you share is clear consistently. Create processes and systems to get the marketing projects and plans executed in a timely fashion. And set things up for success internally. You know, collaborating with team members and externally communicating with customers and prospects. And then, last but not least, maintain your brand consistency. Don't keep changing your look and feel every time the urge strikes you. Let your yes be yes and your no mean no. How often have you seen business operations, sales, marketing, and customer relationships turn sideways very quickly when the game plan keeps changing? The way to stop that is by being faithful, reliable, and consistent. Okay, we're in the home stretch. We have two more points out of this list of five to share. The next one is finish what you start. Now, I know easier said than done, but there are many times that you and I want to throw in the towel and quit or just start over. But let's face it, that's the easy way out and what most people in the world do today. For every customer or employee interaction, for every marketing project, no matter how difficult or challenging, Stick with it, follow through, and don't give up. Make it your practice. Ways to make that happen in your business and especially in your marketing is to stop overcommitting. Be realistic with what you plan and commit to creating for marketing. Ask for grace and mercy when you realize that you've overextended yourself. But in turn, offer that same grace and mercy to others who do the same. Another way to finish what you start is by cutting your goals in half. Being realistic about what your marketing goals are will not only take the pressure off, it's going to create success and it'll help you show up faithfully and reliably time and again. And then last but not least, if you want to finish what you start, well, you need to set some realistic expectations with yourself internally, with your team and externally with your customers. 
Doing so will eliminate frustration and allow you and your team and business to shine when you see things through to completion. Okay, the last one here is demonstrate ethical behavior. As I started putting tips together for this point, it struck me that the lines are blurred surrounding ethical marketing behavior. So I figured the best way to make it clear is by comparing some unethical practices with some ethical practices. Here are five points. Don't mislead customers with false claims or exaggerated results. Instead, ensure that every word of your marketing is true and honest. Oh, speaking of honest, don't use dishonest or stretch the truth testimonials. Instead, use legitimate reviews. Another one is don't create a false sense of urgency or fake scarcity. Instead, be transparent and honest, knowing that you'll make the right sales at the right time to the right people when the time is right. Okay. Another way is don't use deceptive pricing techniques with hidden fees or inflated pricing just because you can. Instead, offer fair pricing and consider pricing tiers and authentic discounts to help those who need it. And then another way to illustrate this is don't aggressively upsell. You know, when you pressure clients to buy because you can, I can hear it now, but wait, there's more. Or if you act now, or hey, you didn't want to buy that, you can get this. Instead, consider offering custom solutions that focus on their specific needs. You may not do it in that moment. Maybe it requires a a follow-up call, a one-on-one call. However you demonstrate ethical behavior, know this. The list of unethical versus ethical practices is long. But I think you get the point by now. When you demonstrate ethical behavior in your business and marketing copy consistently, you are showing godly faithfulness to your customers, prospects, team members, and colleagues. So there you have it. Five ways that you can let unchanging, reliable faithfulness permeate your business and marketing communications. Just to recap, that's keeping your promises, always loving employees and customers, being consistent and reliable in all things, finishing what you start, and demonstrating ethical behavior. As I shared before, chapter 11 of my book, Joyful Copy, it'll provide you with additional insights on ways to use reliable faithfulness when you create joyful communications and copy. And if you haven't done so yet, consider ordering your own copy of Joyful Copy, how to show up in the marketplace ethically and authentically for you and your team. You can find it at most major online retailers like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Now, here's something I need to ask you. Do you want to shine godly faithfulness through your next marketing communications project? Well, the best place to start is by creating a spirit-led marketing communications plan that actually seeks out Holy Spirit's perspective about your project and maps out specific outcome and process goals. You can get a customized one-on-one session with me or participate in a live workshop. Select the option that's best for you when you visit my website at joycaps.com forward slash strategic hyphen plan. Now the link to that will be in the show notes. 
And I want to thank you in advance for joining me next time for a discussion on gentleness, which is the antithesis of many high-pressured sales and marketing campaigns today. This wraps up the 11th episode of the Joyful Communications Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode or you have feedback, feel free to reach out to me at joy at joycaps.com. Better yet, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with others and consider giving me a review and rating. Never miss a show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, be blessed. Be blessed.